In a world full of distractions, there is one big question on every dog owner's lips. How do I become more than just the person holding the other end of the leash? We all get dogs with a dream in mind, a vision of the future. And if right now your everyday reality isn't quite that picture you had in mind, you are in the right place. It really doesn't have to be this way. You absolutely can and will be more to your dog than just the person who gets in between them and the world. The key is you need to be more sexy. More sexy than the neighbourhood cats. More sexy than the jogger in the park. More sexy than that half-eaten hamburger they just found on the floor. And yes, even more sexy than the dog across the road. I'm Tom. And I'm Lauren. Together Together we're we're Absolute Absolute Dogs. Dogs. And you're listening to the Sexier Than a Squirrel podcast. Welcome to this episode of the Sexier Than a Squirrel podcast, the podcast that teaches you how to become the center of your dog's world and overcome any distractions. Now, today it's an exciting day. It's a day where we are going to talk about welcoming a new dog home. Now, this might be a new puppy, it might be a new adult dog, it might be a rehome or a rescue dog. This is your new dog coming home, so a new dog to you. And it's one of the things that we're asked about a lot, actually, you know, what should we do? What should we focus on what should happen in those early days when uh, your your dog comes into your life whether it be as lauren says a puppy or an older dog and actually i think so many people um make this day such a i mean it, it is a big thing and at the same time it's so many things we can get wrong yeah. uh, right from day one and, and i think it's such a um, an important day to i suppose play the right strategies with right yeah absolutely and so what we're going to do is we're going to go kind of tip after tip tip tennis um, on what will be um, the the kind of secrets to introducing a new dog into your house. So first things first, before you even get your, your, your dog, one thing that's really valuable is to think, actually, how do you want them to behave and in the house? How do you want that lifestyle to look, yeah. right? Like, how do you, um, I, I think that this is really important we establish this. These are your rules. So if you have any house, I don't know, guidelines, rules, suggestions, whatever you want to call it. In our house, like my house, dogs don't come on the furniture. So it's just a rule we have other than if I invite maybe Blink onto my lap or if I invite someone onto my lap for a minute. But it's not like a they don't get to just jump all over furniture. And I think this is something that people, it's not right, it's not wrong. It's your it's rule. Like you it's, it's allowed if you want to make it that way, yeah. right? Like I think this is really important that you establish that. So you as the owner yeah. decide how that goes. And equally, what you might want to think about is what kind of energy level do you want each room to have? So um, for example, if I were to think about my house, well, um, in the kitchen, I like the dogs on the boundaries, nice and calm and relaxed. Um, in the living room, again, I want them on a boundary, nice and calm and relaxed. They don't go upstairs. Um, there's no baby gate. They've just them taught that the values and downstairs. And it's so funny because Tom's dogs really do not, they don't even, and you might have a dog similar, they just don't consider upstairs as their fact, territory, exactly. right? Exactly. And in fact, I, I lie because there is one dog who's allowed upstairs and it's really funny because this um, the, the, this particular dog, Little Thistle, she is allowed upstairs and um, what will happen is she'll run past the other dogs and run up the stairs and the dogs will follow and then they'll like stop, stop like a force stairs. field. Uh, and so guys, what we're saying, that's probably a good example of actually the, the situation 
is whatever you want it to be. And, and it doesn't need to be exactly the same for equal um, dogs, basically. Yeah. So like, I'm like, actually, when I look at our dogs, actually, they can all have different um, sets of rules depending on what you're looking at for them, yeah, right? Like, like Blink, an example of this, Blink jumps into my arms. Yeah. There is no way I'd expect my Border Collies to jump no. into my arms. It's just not something I ask of them. It's not something I ever do. Whereas Blink, uh, all opportunities would like to land in your arms. Yeah. So I suppose what we're saying here is you make the rules, you play the games, you set the standard yeah. for each and every dog that's in your home, whether you own a single dog or a multi-dog household. And if you're bringing a new dog in and you want them to have a different rule to an already established dog, this is the time to do it, totally right? Fine. Totally fine. Now, that leads on to what would be the second tip, which is once we've decided the energy level and, and how we want each room to pan out, do you know how you establish it? You establish it by setting it up so that that happens. And this sounds really obvious, but dogs will do more of what they do each and every day. So if every every time a dog walks into a particular room, they have a party, a rave, a disco, and it's very exciting. And, and an example of this is our agility training here, right, Tom? Like yeah. if Tokyo walks into that building, which... He's like, lights on. You know what? I know what I'm going to do here. My brain is geared towards this exciting activity. And what we often... what and, and we see this especially with people that get puppies because puppies are very cute. You know, they might weigh about a kilo and you're like, I want to play with them in the living room and it's play, Rough play, and play. Tumble. And then they're 25 kilos six months later and you're like, you need to calm down. But actually, we've set that. We've rehearsed that. We've exactly created that. Exactly the same as the owner who creates the dog who just, when they get into a park, they rush off and see all the other the dogs yeah. it's it's rehearsed and created early and then actually much more difficult to re-establish later on so actually just like tom said we can do this before our dogs even get home yeah. what do we want that room to be now uh, like we were just talking about the agility i don't want my dogs to go into my living room like mm -hmm. they do into the agility arena right yeah. like that's not the case yeah absolutely and and so what we do is we say right how let's say we want um calmness in the living room what would be three different activities that we can do in that living room that would promote calmness? Maybe it might be give them a passive calming activity like a long-lasting chew or a lick or a canine calm mat it, to lick. It could be for sure rehearsing boundary games. Yeah. So actually utilizing the boundary and util utilizing that space as an area for them to practice calmness. It might be some calm aeroplane feeding where I slowly deliver pieces of food to you at my feet. It could be. And I was doing this with a young dog um, that we've been looking after um, and I've been doing this with her in the living room, sit and massage. So actually just some calm stroke and some massage time because she finds it difficult to stay on a boundary and she finds yeah. it difficult to focus on a Kong and you can't feed her like 10, 12, 15 of them in one evening. So actually, after she's done both of those activities, had her yeah. calm canine sitting with me on my lap, then what I can do on the floor is literally just some calm stroking. Yeah, 100%. And in fact, a, a bit of like a troubleshoot that, that I've done recently is um, my young um, young standard poodle um, magma she's she's 7 months old now and I noticed that she was starting to become very active in the living room. And I was like, that's really interesting. Why is she becoming active in the living room? Now, the way that my house is set up, like kitchen's on kind of like the bottom floor and there are stairs up to then um, where the floor that my um, living room is on. Big garden outside. So big yeah. garden, bottom floor with the kitchen. Yeah. And dogs, when I come into the house, are either usually kitchen, utility yeah. or garden, yeah. depending on what's appropriate. Exactly. And what was happening is that 
you know, I, I, as you can probably imagine, I rarely sit down. So when I actually do sit down, what was happening is that was a bit of an event. And what would happen is that magma would run up the stairs from the kitchen and then speed into the living room. And just by the act of doing that, she was in a different energy space. And I realized that actually the issue wasn't the living room. It was that she'd never learned to walk up the stairs, only run up the stairs, right? And so what I did is I just had a week where I was like, right, when, when we go from the kitchen to upstairs, I'm just going to pop you on a lead. And at every step of the stairs, I'm, I'm going to feed, feed you. Right? Perfect. And what that, and then what we're able to after a week, just take that lead off. And she now walks up the stairs and walks calmly into the living room and that sets the emotion that sets the headspace someone only asked me this morning actually how to get a dog to walk over cavaletti and um, they were talking about how to to teach a, do- a young dog to walk like trotting poles effectively and i said you know what put them on a lead you don't let them rehearse what you don't want and i think that kind of re-establishes what you're saying there tom don't let them rehearse it yeah. if you don't want them to rehearse it don't let them think you know if you're seeing a picture that you don't like think Hmm, why is this happening? What can I do about it? And I think sometimes what we do is we, um, as, as dog owners, especially with, with a new dog where you're probably working on quite a few things, we move to the realm of reaction. We move to the realm of firefighting and we start to try and, you know, force calmness in that room. Whereas what we should be thinking is, well, why is her brain predicting excitement right now? Like what is event it, is happening? How I, is that planned exactly. out? Have I given it a reason to do that? Or is it coming into the space in excitement because of something that happened before that? So um, that's kind of uh, and it really what we would do to achieve what we want, but also actually what we do to troubleshoot it. And I think that's exactly that. We need to be troubleshooting. I suppose the next thing for me, bringing a new dog home, I would have already pre-planned and pre-prepped and pre-thought about ditch the routine yeah. and ditch the bowl. Both of these, we have eBooks on. I don't know if people can get access to these maybe somehow. I'm just yeah, trying to think of where and how. It, let's say go to absolutedogs.me forward slash ditch. That's ditch. I said ditch with a D. Okay. Absol- oh. <laughs> Absolute dogs dot me forward slash ditch. And we will get those, um, we'll get those ebooks on there for you to download as podcast listeners. Because I think the podcast listeners, you guys, you need to see that these are amazing resources. They're amazing things for you to, to get hold of. They're amazing things for you to share with the world, really. Yeah. Ultimately, there's a lot we can get from this. So when we say ditch the bowl and ditch the routine, you're going to learn loads from those ebooks. So I'm not going to dive into huge detail. Ultimately, I would do both of these things with the new dog coming home, whether yeah. it's an adult dog, a rehome dog, a rescue dog, a puppy, ditch the bowl day one, uh, ditch the routine day one. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's a, a really cool part of day-to-day living with a new dog. Yeah. Uh, next up, and this is something that it's very difficult to avoid, right? And that is that, as you know, there's this complex, it, we've probably spoken about this before, you would have heard us talk about this because we're passionate about it. And there's that complex interaction between your dog's gut, their gut microbiome, those tiny microorganisms that live within their gut, their brain and their general brain wellness and their behavior. And what you can get is a dog who enters this vicious cycle of deteriorating gut wellness, deteriorating brain wellness, Wellness, deteriorating behavior that causes them to be in high arousal and stress and it all more. kind of spirals out the, it, it's, exactly. it's not fun it worsens their gut it worsens their brain and so on and, and they enter this vicious cycle now the thing is that any kind of 
change when a you know a big change and when a dog's not used to a change that's why we ditch the routine so that they become resilient to this and used to this and um, it can really impact their gut it can really impact their brain wellness and i'm sure many of you have experienced where you you got a new puppy or you got a new dog they had a really solid tummy in their previous home or in the rehoming center or with the breeder you get them home and all of a sudden they have loose stools or diarrhea right and that's because that stress impacting that gut wellness and that gut microbiome so what we'd say is actually before you even get your um, get your get your dog and you're moving them in, get hold of some calm canine because that's going to target the brain. It's going to target the gut. It's going to support and calmness. What an amazing thing to start your dog on before they even kind of yeah. have the opportunity to go wrong. Yeah. I think like for me, um, and I can give a personal example with this. Um, recently, um, one of our dogs who's always been very nice to live with and hasn't really been a stressy dog. We had a lot of building going on, a lot of banging going on, a lot of... Um, uh, I think they're called nail guns that were stapling like a roof, basically. And she just went to pieces about it. And and I was chatting to Tom and I was like, why didn't I think to put her on calm? Like, mm. of course she should be on calm. Anyway, so literally within about three weeks, she is a different dog, mm. like a different dog. Yeah. So much happier, so much more settled. She was getting to the point that her stools had gone loose. She really was mm. quite stressed about it. And actually it's made a huge difference. And so it's, it's one of those things that we can gift the dogs before they even exactly. get into the home. And the cool thing, that's exactly it. It's a gift because effectively the world's throwing stuff at our dogs all the time. We know that's going to impact their gut. We know that's going to impact their brain and in turn impact their behavior and enter this vicious cycle. So why not have our dogs supported day in, day out by giving them calm canine, regardless of what's going on, because you literally don't know what's around the corner. So the way that you can find out more about um, calm canine and get hold of some is by going to a-ok9.com. Um, calm canine is a supplement that we innovated knowing this struggle, knowing that this is happening to dogs and that dogs are effectively falling victim to day-to-day -day life and entering these vicious cycles. And, and don't um, think that we don't have like moments of like, for me, like moments of not remembering that we can use great yeah. things. Like we, we still have them tom and i are, are still human and we're like oh my of course yeah. we can do that so Remember so you the can resources you've got you right? can go back to resources that are available and, and those are really available just the website again tom a hyphen ok9.com and calm canine is what you want to check out so the next one for me, it kind of leads on from um, the whole idea of ditch the bowl, ditch the routine. And it's something I'm working on right now with a young dog. And it's that presence doesn't mean access. And I yeah. suppose Tom and I have always lived with this idea. And yet to put it in those nice terms, it's very succinct. It, mm -hmm. It's very easily accessible for people. Yeah. And so for me, what this means is I might be in and out of the house. I might be up and down the stairs. I might be having guests, visitors, people up and down, people passing. That doesn't mean it's any of your business. Mm -hmm. And you don't need to get excited you don't need your disco pants on you don't need to get up spin around run and dance rush at the door bounce i literally need there to be sort of non-events in your life yeah. and actually this for me is such a cool gift because it gives a secure um good feeling to a dog who actually might be a little bit worried about why you're moving and what you're doing whether yeah. that develops into something separation long term or not for me this kind of prevents it happening right and yet if we think about our you know our human tendency of when we get a new dog what usually happens is where well, we get the family are coming over friends are coming we over all we want to cuddle the dog we want to meet them and what that teaches our dogs is that these things are events what that teaches our dogs is that they should always have access to you when you are present in the house and they should have access to your guests and we all know as listeners to this podcast, how that can pan out in the in the medium term, not even the long term, the medium term, and right? It's a stressful place to be where, I mean, we 
we had it a good few years ago with Easy. Every time she saw you, she just thought that literally she needed to head height jump at you. <laughs> she and wasn't. She was, literally, she loved it. it's like a it's it's one of those things that actually um, just because you're present doesn't mean that mm. she has to be like under your skin, in your skin, down your throat, or wherever else she wants to go. So basically, yeah. it's having those sort of um, happenings on a day, day-to-day basis. So for example, right now, Tom and I are here with you. We've got one of our young dogs just outside of the, um, out of, at, well, next to where the entrance of this part of the house is. And actually, she's seeing people coming and going and going past, and they're not a big deal. Equally, ketone, I'm thinking, at the vets. That's a great yeah. story, I yeah, think, to so add here. Ketone, when, um, when, when she... She was um, when she was young. She was a puppy. Um, she she literally any sound of human movement and the whatever she was in, whether it be you know on a boundary or in a crate or whatever, it would just shake. And I remember this one time where um, she I, I popped her crate on a, a raised bed, like one of those trampoline beds, and um, and obviously we were we were just like talking in the kitchen. And the next thing is we saw the crate bouncing on the trampoline bed literally like it was a trampoline because there was just movement and and it, it these these were events for her so um the way that we worked with that is actually we took took her everywhere in her crate and for example at the vets you know in that prep room that's quite busy and people walking past and things always happening she would sit in her crate in the prep room and she learned that actually you know what people's movements are none of their none of her business and to the point where she'd just fall asleep and she would just be very sleepy and, yeah. and happy with the idea and what i love about this and like we we're saying with the young dog we're working with right now what i love most about this is that actually they still have a fairly eventful day yeah. so actually um she's still actually quite tired by the end of the day and actually all that's happened is she's worked out that everybody walking past is not really anything to get too excited about and yet there is still some stimulation around and she learns to chill out in stimulation so i suppose it's like a a very natural way to learn calm and whether they're in a crate a puppy pen um a a stair gate a gated community um however you want to effectively give them the idea that people might walk past but that doesn't mean they're theirs A, a great example of this only the other day there was someone staying in um in one of the cottages um, here and the dog heard the human voice and just went loopy was like mm-hmm. screaming barking running up and down for their human wanted mm-hmm. their human yeah. like it's it's just because the human's around doesn't mean that you have full access to them all the time and and what a gift to give our dogs and what a yeah. sanity saver for us sometimes because actually we we all need our time right yeah, absolutely so next tip is that and this can't be underestimated when it, when your new dog comes to your home that is full of novelty and incredibly new right there there should be and in fact that we should act we should actively discourage taking them anywhere else because they've got enough novelty and newness to do with anyway let alone like the gut things we were talking about a minute yeah. ago actually like we, just being there is enough is enough right yeah, like that's enough to throw else. everything <laughs> without the doorbell ringing or the postman putting posts and in the letter another box. one and i don't want to get into this controversial topic because it can be so controversial but another one is like the day they get home let's rush them to the vet let's get them vaccinated let's mm. get the and this is tom who is a vet literally day one just let them just come home whether yeah. you vaccinate whether you don't vaccinate or whatever your protocol are and we're not going to suggest either way what we're looking for is actually let them just settle in mm. to actually a lot there's a lot going on when they come into a new home yeah 100 right? and interestingly i always use this as an example just to give you an idea of how much we underestimate this if you take them to a different corner of your garden 
that is an entirely new location for them when they are new to you, right? So we don't need to be taking them for walks. And actively, what we've got to think is when they do have this big change and things are happening and they're meeting new people, their buckets, their emotional stress buckets are probably going to be very full. And so do we think that we're going to get great reactions and great responses if we take them on a walk right now? No. Was, so let's let it empty. I was chatting to someone only the other day, a client who got in touch and basically said they were really struggling because they had a lockdown puppy and this lockdown puppy really hates people because of lockdown and it's really interesting because on the flip side we've had multi um, dogs through here yep. coming here training and, and been here and and all of them have had the same circumstance and yet the outcome's been completely different and they've done exactly this they actually haven't taken yep. their dog out they haven't overexposed them they haven't put them in stress they've mm. had them on calm canine and they've put them in the right places and, and lots games. of those yeah. only playing games yeah. And they have a completely different outcome. So their dogs are cool, confident, optimistic, calm dogs. Like this is cool. And I think this is the way we need to look at it. Actually, not going down the route which this lady did, which was then the minute that she was allowed the dog out, getting it everywhere, like mm -hmm. hundreds of places every day, as much as she could, she was throwing at this dog. This is not the way we want to think no. these days, right? Absolutely. And in fact, we can't prepare for everything our dogs are ever going to see. And in fact, often our dogs do see things they've never seen before and they're absolutely fine. Not because, you know, they've been exposed to something similar, but actually because they've got that concept of optimism. Like I always tell that story of being at the country show and I walk around the corner and there are two camels and the camels, camels are like three times the size that I expected them to be. And my dogs were, I think, more cool with that experience than I was because I was like, why are these camels And here? when we think about the training academy and all of the games that are in the training academy and all of the games that are in the um, Sex in the Squirrel um, challenge, yeah. there are so many things for optimism yeah. all over um, the, the games that we play within our home, right? Yeah. Like these are played within our home. So yes, to reiterate, your dog doesn't need to go everywhere very quickly right and even actually potentially at all like yeah. you decide when you want to enjoy that experience and you make a decision and you make a conscious decision rather than family want to meet vet says to come um you feel the need to make sure they get out and see everything yeah. actually let's not stress them yeah and so i guess the 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 kind of final tip that i've got to throw in there and and, and lauren might have more um the the it is that when it comes to actually walking our new dogs what a great opportunity to set the standard, right? What we often do is we often think that there's there's not going for a walk and there is going for a walk and there is no in between. And going for a walk looks like a 30 to 40 minute walk where you do the prescribed path that you wanted to do. The reality is that, you know, when your dog's bucket is empty, you might want to say, you know what, I'm going to go out the front door. I'm going to go to the front garden and I'm going to play a little game and I'm going to come back again. And that's going to be on lead. And then maybe I go out to the street. I walk a few meters down the street. I play a little game. I turn around and I walk back again. And that then is saying, you know what? Let's rehearse quality rather than quantity. Let's really set the standard for what we want. Let's grow the concepts we want to grow on a walk. And then we just build out from there. We just grow that loop. We just grow that little circuit, right? And that is... When we approach it like that, one, it feels much less daunting and much less overwhelming than heading on a 45 minute hike and trying to troubleshoot as you go. And also it's, it's way more aligned to how a dog learns and how a dog understands things. And this whole concept of a dog will become more of what they do each and every day.
And I think just to um, sum up for me, for completely agreeing with everything we've just said, and you are your dog's best expert. Please don't let anyone tell you that you don't know the best for your dog. You know what? You make the decisions. Uh, If you go down the game space route with us, of course, we support you. Mm -hmm. And we want to show you lots of fun. And we want to give you a really good time um, and play full out with the games that we play. At the same time... Whether it's your vet, whether it's your um, local trainer, whatever it is, you guys are your dog's best advocate. And trust and yourselves. Yeah, don't don't let anyone else make your rules. There is no one to say that your dog can't go on your sofa. For mm. me, my dogs don't go on my sofa, but you know what? You can make the rule that they do. Yeah. If you want your dog to sleep on your bed, your dog sleeps on your bed. For me, my dogs don't sleep it's on my so bed. It's, it's literally it's your it, what, what we're saying. I suppose we don't want to judge you, right? Yeah, like it's absolutely. your call. It's completely your call. There's all nearly every behaviour consult. There's this moment of somebody saying. Please don't tell me that you that my dog isn't allowed to sleep on on my bed anymore. And I'm like, no, can, you, they can sleep if wherever that's where they you want. want them. That has no relation to the the dog dog struggle that we're talking about, or it has no relation to the separation it's, related behaviour. It's it has literally absolutely your call, and we have exactly the same day by day. Tom and I both see it, whether that's on a training basis, mm. a behaviour basis, a it really, we see it so often, yeah. don't we, Tom? And, and like for me, an example is my dogs have leftovers. They have leftover veg. They have leftover snacks that we would like if, if we have veggies or anything like that that we think is appropriate, they can have them. Yeah. Some people think that that's a horrendous thing to do. I think it's quite appropriate in our lifestyle. And so don't let anyone judge you for what you feel good with. This yeah. is your life. You live it once. You live it once with your dog. Um, this dog is is going to live with you once. And, and actually for me, make sure that it aligns with you. And yeah. if it aligns with you and you feel right with it and you're liking the lifestyle that comes with it and then 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 go with it and start the way you mean to go on don't don't start um one way and then try and try like start the way you mean to go on if you want your dog to be for me i wanted the dog on the floor i didn't want them all over the furniture that's how we start even when they're cute puppies that's how we start so i think for me making sure you 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 keep that alignment yeah absolutely you are exactly who you need to be and the thing is there'll be many people that will try and tell you otherwise and so the most important person that matters is you saying to yourself each and every day I'm exactly who I need to be I've got this I've got this I'm in control I'm of this. Lara Croft or the, the Superman superhero of equivalent. your choice <laughs> um, and guys that was this episode of the Sexier Than a Squirrel podcast we will see you next week in the next instalment it's going to be a good one and in the meantime remember stay sexy, stay sexy. Hey, before you go, have you taken part in the worldwide Sexier Than a Squirrel Challenge? It's a 25-day online video program, huge energy, amazing community, and over 6,000 people are already taking part. The only question is, you know where you are today, where do you want to be 25 days from now? Head to absolutedogs.me forward slash sexy.